Oh yeah, and oh, if yes. and if you're in fucking Toledo, Ohio, I'm at yeah. the Funny Bone at the end of May. And then May 28th and 29th, I'll be in Las Vegas at the Backstage Bar and Billiards on Fremont Street, and it's going to be fun. I'll be in Vegas and uh, swimming in COVID. Very excited. Love it. Uh, we are here tonight. This is our, I don't know how many live shows we've done here in Nashville, but we've done a handful, and uh, and we just started doing this podcast recently. It's been doing pretty awesome, thanks to fine folks like you. It's these nerds over here. And... Uh, <laughs> It's the Big and Hungry Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, how about a round of applause for my co-host, the man dragon himself, Mr. Brian Callen, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, where are we going? We're having a conversation in the back there about who's the best quarterback, and I was like, for me, I got Peyton Manning. It's gotta be fucking Brady. And then we had that whole argument, and then I folded because I don't know that much. You know what I mean? Like I, I like I know just enough, and I I parrot what other people in no sports say, so I sound good. Right. Like one time, I wanted to have something in common with a guy who he was a mechanic, and I saw this engine he had on the block, and I come in and I go, wow. That's a hell of a, look at that block. I don't know. Look at that block. I think that's what you said. I go, man, look at the pistons. I, I was like, I wanted, I wanted him to like me. I go, what do, you, what do you put that bad boy in? Is that a Corvette or something? And the guy goes, it's a boat engine. <laughs> so anyway, that's, so that's, 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 pretty, that's, that's amazing, Brian. I've been out here for 15 minutes doing comedy. Um, hey, man. <laughs> hey, man. Did you, did you meet Cooper and Will? This is Coop. This is Will. Coop. This is Cooper. Yeah. Uh, your name is Cooper. You're being there's four girls over here that said all four of them would rather fuck Joshua instead of Cooper. Uh, and, and the deal was they. <laughs> that's that's because they're seeing. They had to do it in front of each other with each other and all but together, that's as opposed to just with Cooper. That's not fair because you're yeah. looking at Coop when he's static. When you see him kinetic, you see. <laughs> When you see Coop, when you see Coop tying knots, you know what I mean? When a cyclone's coming and he's he's securing you, I got it. Don't worry about it. And he's got to pull, he's got to pull up, make sure everything's all tight, make sure you guys are all safe in the bivouac that he fuck, he that he created for you, a bivouac. Trust me, girls, you step into his bedroom, that's in his parents' basement. When you step in his when you step into his bedroom, that is not a bedroom. Know this, that's an octagon, and you will tap out, bitch. All four of you. Stay hydrated. Trust me, stay very hydrated, because he does not want you to cramp up on him. That is Cooper. My mother said that one time. My mother said, excuse me? My mother said, Cooper won't cramp up on you. What I love about your, your comedy, Brian, is your segues more than anything. Yeah, I go into that. Well, no, I was going to say my mother, uh, yeah, you're right, because it didn't really, I was going to piggyback on the fact that my, I just, it just dawned on me that my mom said, men, she said to me, men look better moving and women look better static. Not a very woke thing to say, but, and, uh, and I said, that's offensive, and I, I haven't talked to her since. Why don't you uh, tell everybody what you, I haven't seen you all day. 
You come over, I give you my car, you take off with my car, and then you show up, I show up in the dress room, and yeah. the first thing you say to me is what? Well, so here's the thing. No, 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 for the first thing, I think this is said, I said, I ran a little trouble. Car got booted. Because I, there's something about, like I was driving, I was meeting my friend Brian and Natalie at, uh, at a place called Oak Snake House, and I, and I just saw a parking space, and I took it. You know what I mean? Like a lot of guys are like, oh, is it safe here? And I was like, fuck it. You know what I mean? And I just, and somehow, I believe in rolling the dice. Like if you just park wherever, you're gonna get caught sometimes, but a lot of times you're not. So it's just roll the dice and with times, someone else's car. Yeah. Yeah. Like so, do that shit with your own car or a fucking Huffy. I know. But not your fucking French car. You know how you feel sometimes? You're like, I'm in Zanies, we're about to sell out, I'm wearing cashmere. Fuck it, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's, a, it's a 19, it's what's a 2002 Lexus Silver yeah. SUV that I opened up on the highway, dude. She fucking burns. It's got a boat engine, so it doesn't yeah, It's got a boat engine. <laughs> Good callback, Steve. Good callback. Um, should we bring up our first guest? Yeah, very quickly though, if you're having you neck problems, um, I just want to say that don't, if you have a back problem, it's probably in your psoas. <laughs> and if you have a neck problem, it's probably because your ear is not aligned with your shoulder. So that's, uh, you're welcome. All right, let's, um, wait, 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 what? hold on. Why did you start? Because I had dinner with a surgeon, a spinal surgeon, yeah. and he taught me some stuff. And he said most lower back problems are when you're sitting down. Most people think you sit down with your back arched like that, okay? Yeah. But that problem is that you're shortening your psoas muscle. The sure. psoas muscle is about the, it's like a yay thick, like a thick old muscle mm-hmm. that allows you to lift your hip, but it's attached to the back of your, your lower back, you understand? Right. So that's why you want to you lengthen your psoas. So I don't sit a stand pushing things forward. Well, some you, you look, I do know I've had back issues, and you do want to extend the psoas muscle. But sometimes back, uh, you can you can get back injuries from stress. Yeah. Like when people get your fucking car booted. All right, man. Let's bring up. You know okay, bring up. Let's bring up our first guest, ladies and gentlemen. He really doesn't need any introduction, but I think he's one of the funniest people working. One of the funniest people. Period. He killed his last special. Fucking his first special. His last special. That is he did. Nate Bargatze, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Nate Bargatze. Come on up, Nate. Here he is. Come on up, Nate, everybody. Nate Bargatze. There he is. Yeah. I love people who talk. He's so funny. He's so dry. I love that. <laughs> do you hear that? Huh? I do. Yeah. <laughs> Usually people say I'm dry. And then, uh, <laughs> I understand. I understand what you mean. I don't know, man. Just I took you in. Should I warm it up? You know? <laughs> I, I get one bad joke out, I'll loosen up. You know? They, it's okay. Sometimes the crowd tight. You know what I mean? When you first open a wine, a little tight, let it breathe for a while, opens up. Yeah, <laughs> Rock, can you tie a knot real quick for us one more time? And then we'll no, I can't. I'm not going to give away my secrets. I was just going to ask for cool. Nate, do you know how to tie knots? Are you an outdoorsman? Uh, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I kind of worked. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I don't know. Man. I don't. You know, I don't know the vibe of this podcast. So uh, it's an outdoorsman. I guess it's an outdoorsman. Not, not humor. Uh, 
That's what I could tell next person that's coming on. Like, don't do any not jokes. But, but if you were if you were in the wilderness, if you and I are in the wilderness, yeah. and I'm like, Nate, what do we do? I'm lost. What do you It'd say? It'd be like a shoelace knot. Yeah, yeah. I would go with that. Yeah, yeah. And we just, we just I would it. try, but it wouldn't be. If someone's like, so I climb the rope now, but like, I don't. The way this fucking podcast is going, I'm going to tie a fucking Epstein knot in about two minutes. This fucking rap rap. And land it on the clips. Jesus Christ. We're just talking, man. Why do we have to be funny right away? We're just, we're just feeling things out a little bit. We're starting our own podcast over here, here in this podcast. And we talk about knots. That's right. And what not to do. It's not to do that to us, Steve. That's right. Steven. Steven. Come on. When rock climbing, when you rock climb, you better know your knots, huh, guys? Anyway, what, what do you do? You have uh, I don't know you very well, so I, yeah. I know when I first started, I, said, I came in and I said, I said I want to take you in for a second, and you stood up and let me take you in with my hands. Yeah, uh, and you didn't bat an eye. I appreciated that. And then, uh, and then we spoke some more. Do you have what, what kind of hobbies do you have besides fucking crushing it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, Raise your kid. Golf. Yeah, like I, I like to golf. You I like you a good golfer? Huh? I don't, I play a lot. So you know. Can I tell you something? I feel like I'm sitting at a table next to a horrible blind date. Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm like at an Applebee's. Like, oh God, can I get my check, please? I don't pay for these two. Yeah. You don't think we're gonna we would make it? I don't think you two would make it at all. No, it no. would be weird to, if like if I if I if you and I were on a date, say we were both gay yeah. men. I wonder. I guess it'd be like I, I think it'd start like this. I'd be like, I guess we, would we talk about comedy? Say we were both like I'd be like, I love your stuff. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah, so, I would love. So, yeah, I haven't seen your stuff, but I'll, I'll check it out. Physical, I'm yeah. a physical guy. I couldn't run. You gotta see it. Yeah, I just like the way you formulate jokes. And... May I have a Jameson and ginger, please? Yeah. <laughs> Nathaniel. Sorry. That's your real name, Nathaniel. Yeah. Nathaniel Bargatze. It's amazing. I almost changed it because someone said Bargatze. Bargatze was too, uh, like, it was too much to remember. Yeah. And then, so my middle name is Lee, so I thought about doing Nathaniel Lee, and then that was like, that felt real southern. Yeah. <laughs> or Asian. It was like, you didn't know what you were going to get. Woo! And then, when you heard me, you're like, I know what we got. Uh, <laughs> Nate Lee. Nate Lee. Yeah. If you, did, you, did you ever think of stage names? I didn't, but I, I, I never forgot, the like, first time I was in LA and I was on an audition, and this woman, you know, they call your name, and there was a dude with a scarf uh, inside, and he was reading his, and he had one foot purse, and he was reading his sides like that. So it was everything I could do not to throw him in a fucking headlock. And um, I just, you know, immediately so happy with himself. And his hair, he had, he had his hair over one eye, you know, that kind of like, he was able to brush it up, but it was straight, and then it, it came up and then dashed down over one eye. And, uh, and then his name was Mercury. She called it Mercury. I'm not joking. And I was like, huh? Ooh, man. Ah! You know? You dick! And, uh, and he didn't make it as an actor. What a fuck! 
fucking surprise. Can I tell you, the, the, uh, I was driving to an audition one time in Los Angeles, and we were pulling up to this, I was pulling up to this intersection, this woman in a Mercedes cut me off to get in the left lane to come in. I just laid on the horn, and you know, you're sitting there for 45 minutes in LA. And then we make the left, we pull up to this next intersection, and it was one of those things where it turns red, and it's like, all right, am I gonna pull up next to her? And I did, of course. And I was like, you fucking bitch. And then she's like, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. she was in a Mercedes, she, she fit the mold of the LA stereotype of the Mercedes that cut you off. And I was in a Hyundai Santa Fe at the time, and I thought, oh. you know, I need to stand up for she it. She's like, you're poor. Make a model, exactly, yeah. So I pull into the, uh, into the audition, I'm running my sides, and they go, Steve Byrne, I walk in, it's the fucking woman. Oh! She was the one reading, and I literally opened the door, and go, ah, oh, shit. No. I just shut the door, walk back out. <laughs> Got back in my shitty Hyundai Santa Fe. Yeah. Did not get the part, I lost it to Mercury. She won. She won. She won twice. She cut you off, and like, cut your dreams off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had a woman do this. She went like that. I, I'll never, I never do road rage. I never say anything in a car. If it's a dude, I, if I'm gonna say anything, I'm gonna fight. I'm never gonna say anything. Yeah, it just gets the car booted. This why I barely cut her off, and she goes, "You just get the fucking car booted." Remember the boot on my car? I'll get her off. Dude, I'll get her off. I got me and Nate have tools. Yeah. We're gonna get it off. I have a gun. You pop. He's gonna shoot it off. We're gonna shoot it. We're gonna shoot it. We're gonna shoot it. Yeah, don't worry. Fucking Nate shot it off, and then my tire wasn't even flat. The guy's a fucking marksman. Goose, goose, face totally doesn't change. Goose, goose, drive. Goose, goose. Anyway, um, and she gave me the finger. She was so aggressive. Was, Fuck you. And you know what I did? I looked at her and I go, my kids are in the car. And she didn't, she just. Were they? Me. No, they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't. I but it sounded good. <laughs> yeah. I pretended to be deaf when a cop told me that I was jaywalking. And it's very rude. And I, I did. And I got away with it. That's it. That's the fucked up thing I do, but I did. He was so macho, and he wanted to give me a fucking ticket. He was busting out of the sh- He was so roided out. His veins, the size of my index finger and his neck, just something rolling your eyes? You know, because I, I jaywalked. Did you see you pretended to sign? I did. Half sign. Kept saying, And then what? And then what, Brian? What if he uh, saw you in the hangover? And he well, goes, he you know that guy's dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's just now like you're his inspiration because you <laughs> made it really far. From yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm like a Beethoven of comedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're act, and you hear your voice, and you're like, oh, he might be deaf. <laughs> He worked very hard. Yeah, I'm inspirational. I'd love to be inspirational that way. I want to be, uh, I don't know, I want to do something heroic before I die. Woo. Don't you? I want yeah, to do something. Yeah, you better get on it. Oh! This makes it up, you know. I like that. You gave me a barb. You barb. <laughs> What's it? Have you ever done anything heroic? Besides fucking crushing room? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, Never, no. Yeah. No. Been kind of just laying low. <laughs> I've watched, had a lot of opportunities. Just well, don't take them. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I've always wondered, like, when I, you watch 
watch movies as a kid, and the gunslinger comes to town, and then, you know, the shopkeepers close their shutters, they're like, like that, like that. I don't want to be that fucking guy. I want to be the sniper on the fucking roof. So when they come in on their horses and they're going to terrorize the town, I draw a beat, goosh, 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 and I take out the top guys, and then I disappear. I have a whole escape route, and I become the guy that fucking... I don't want to be the guy who goes, doom, like that. Yeah. I think Cooper has that same plan. Just <laughs> <laughs> hide out. I got him already perched out with some hard candy and some water and a Bible. And here we go, and I give you the signal. That's the signal. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Cooper, do you own a gun? That's a great answer for a guy that owns a lot of guns. <laughs> He's got a collection of throwing stars at home. You ever kill someone? No. Coop, have you been to youngasianboys.com within the last two weeks? Absolutely not, sir. Yeah. Okay. Should we bring up our, our other friend, Frank? Yeah, let's bring up Josh Wolf. Let's get this party fucking started. Woo! So he's going to be the guy that hides and no one can see him. Yeah. Well, yeah. I could hide, but then I would strike. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just the idea that you're around is the heroic. Can I ask who the fuck has shutters? (laughs) I just feel like I'm not people. Who's got shutters? It's on a cruise ship. Oh, And pirates. 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 Pirates are... Yeah. There are more things going on over here, John. We got a whole thing going on. We're on a cruise ship. Uh, Nate comes in and is like, What is it, Nate? Pirates. I'm like, Get out of my bed now. Cool. We hide in the carnival slide. What? Is carnival cruise in the slide? So we're in the slide because they're not going to think to look in the slide. So we got to climb up to the top of it. By the way, what a great, that would be the best hiding place. Nobody's going and looking down no, in the middle of a slide. So no. They see a shadow because it's yellow and it's sunny out, so they just go, they like something's in there. They just see me and him, two bodies just laying there, slide, hiding. We have to hug to keep yeah. from sliding down. Yeah, yeah. We're just creeping Put a little bit farther. Put your chest on my chest right now. Yeah, they're just waiting for it. Yep, don't look me in the eye. This is fucking weird. We're going to lose our clothes. We're going to lose our clothes. It's cold. Body heat. Someone turned the water on. Now we're moving. <laughs> Shit. We're all slippery. Yeah. Shit. But but there's all... two different conversations happening. They, you know what I mean? You're like chest to chest. We're slippery together. And Nate's like, we're hiding. You know what I mean? Like men, chest to chest, nipple to nipple. Yeah. That's why my voice is my voice has 
smiling. It's, oh, two, it's two completely different fantasies I'm listening yeah. to you right now. Nate's trying to survive and you are on below deck on yeah. Bravo. <laughs> Nate's trying to buy and survive and you're trying to fuck and it's two different things. Yeah, but it's because we might get caught. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want to do this shit, but we got it. We fucking got it. I like saying that. We got it. Anyway, sorry. So, Josh, where are you from? <laughs> I'm joking. Segway. Yeah. You know the answer? Well, really? I'm from Massachusetts. Alright. You had a talk show that was based here, though, right? I Did you do the talk show here in Nashville? No. Uh, it was on CMT, but we shot it in LA. Um, we shot all the promos here. Um, and I think one night, um, and I don't want to brag, but I think one night the rating was a point zero one. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Which means I think they give that to you just for being on. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think they like, give them a point zero one. But yeah, we I did a. Um, it's called the Josh Wolf Show. We did it for I think six weeks. I don't. Did anybody catch it? No one. No one saw. No, no saw Six week run. Did you hear me? Point zero one. <laughs> Nobody in this fucking room saw. Anybody catch it? Yeah. <laughs> but the whole room was like, we were at the point zero one. Yeah, we yeah. all. That'd be funny. Oh, yeah. That'd be funny. They're all. But as a comic, what was it like? Because every comic, I think, in the backyard, at some point, you dream of having your own talk show. I yeah. Mean, what was that? You know, I had always dreamed of having a talk show called The Josh Wolf Show. Yeah. And so, in my son worked on it. I hired my brother. I hired all my friends. And so, that was always the dream. Just to hire your family and your friends and to fuck about and have a good time. Yeah. And we did that for six weeks. None of you fuckers watched. But uh, it was a good time. And I... So, I... I mean, I'm like a lot of you. I was a little depressed for about four or five months. Sure. And then my dad was like, how many people can say that as a child, you vocalized what your dream was and it happened? He yeah. was like, this is not a negative, man. This is a fucking yeah. positive. Get up. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, Steve, I can tell by who you hired and why you had a point zero one. We did the director was my aunt. I don't know. He just didn't catch on. Like I thought we were catch on. That's what happens whenever you fail. Whenever you fail, people go, it was a good experience. Yeah. It was a good experience. <laughs> Fuck that. But Steve, I, I said to Steve, I said, Steve, I'll give you $20 million tomorrow. What happens? He goes, I don't do stand-up again. I was like, what would you do? He goes, Fucking nothing. <laughs> I wouldn't be that way. I don't think. You don't think so? No. I, 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 it's funny because during the pandemic, I talked to quite a few comics. I'm sure you guys have as well. Where, you know, the the question came about like five or six months in, where you're catching up with people. Like, do you miss it? And I was like, I don't fucking miss it at all. I didn't miss it at all because I was like, it's gonna come back. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna spend every waking minute I can with my family, and then I'll be back on the road again. And. I, I didn't miss it at all, but did you guys miss a lot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely miss it a lot. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck you're talking about? I missed it a lot. Not me. I'm home for a week and I'm like, get me on a plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get the fuck out of Dodge. You just blow your family's life up when you come home. Like your wife has a system. And then I'm just there, like, let's go out to eat. She's like, no, we're not doing that now. (laughs) Do you know how many times I've heard since I've been home over this past year from another room? This doesn't fucking go here! (laughs) (laughs) 
always thought of it as like when you're working though, it's kind of like being in the Hurt Locker, where it's like you're at war the whole time, and you look at the pictures of your kids and your wife, and then you come home and you spend time with your family. Within like three months, you're like, I kind of miss war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Especially my kids are nine and thirteen, and they they can barely stand me. Like my daughter's like, get the fuck. Like I, I'm like, what? Well, I don't have any. I have nothing in common with a thirteen-year-old girl. I have nothing. I have nothing to offer. She would want to cuddle with me under a slide carnival. She want to cuddle with Nate under a slide on a carnival cruise line. <laughs> Nate's super uncomfortable. He's like, why are we talking about me and Carolyn's daughter? Uh, I was fine with you the whole time. Keep your hand on my thigh. Who is was that, Denim? Yeah. Um, Japanese. Um, I bought these jeans. I swear to God, the guy goes, the Japanese denim. I was like, fuck. Wrap them up. You know, I don't know. I'm such a sucker for things like that. They can, if a good salesman can get me to think that I need Japanese denim, I'm like, I don't know what that means. They put it through the thing four times. Most times it's two. Four times. It never loses its pattern. So when you know that, when you're in the business, when you're in the business, you see it immediately. And now I'm like, how much are they? Well, they're $350, but they're on sale for $325. I'll take them. You know, I don't, I'm, a, I'm the biggest sucker for stuff like that. I, you know, I, sometimes, man, I feel like I should. I, I would like to watch you without volume and figure out what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll be like, what is he saying right now? Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Wait, you have a stroke? What is happening? I use my hands. I do a lot of sculpting poems in my underground studio. I work. I work with clay. Yeah, so, I mean, like honestly, like that you pretending to be deaf does work. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's weird. like you're just naturally just to be talking to yourself. Yeah, and the guy just probably assumed you. I know. Because I talk to this deaf guy. It's funny because when Brian does his shows on the road, the audiences pretend to be deaf. Hey, man! That's a dig! That's a dig! Classic Brian. Classic Brian. Sorry. Classic Burn. Sorry. A burn burn. Burn! I wrestled a guy who was deaf in high school, and my buddy. He did. And my asshole friend, my asshole friend, the he, goes, he goes, this is going to be hard for you. And I go, why? And he goes, because he's not going to get tired. And I go, what? The what? I, you know, and I go, why isn't he going to get tired? And he goes, because if you're deaf, you can't hear yourself breathe. So you don't get tired. <laughs> and I fucking believed him. By the way, I lost the match because I was nervous. In high school, that sounds like something I'd have been like, that kind of makes sense, yeah. but doesn't make sense. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I think, you know, because, and then he said, then he said also they're stronger because, this is so bad, because they're stronger because they have to compensate for not having to go here, which would mean you'd be able to see better, but I was like, what do you mean? You get stronger, I don't know why. And so now I'm like, fuck, this guy isn't tired, he's strong, he's fucking, like, sheep pounds, he's strong, you yeah. know what I mean? Sorry, that's French for chimpanzee, I speak uh, French. And, uh, and did, did this guy also sell you some Japanese denim? Or... Why would your father send that to you? <laughs> 
Rocky Pro Wrestling match. You think it'd be more supportive? It just sparked a memory. That's all. Nick, do you have any wrestling stories? Oh, do I? Yeah. Uh, there we go, because this pack a lot. He's got a lot. I thought it was like, I don't, you know, just being grabbed that much. It seemed like a lot. Yeah. I, didn't, I don't know if I cared for that. No. Yeah, that seems like a nightmare. Really? But, yeah. It didn't It didn't speak to you being able to maneuver and, and use leverage to best. Just like on someone? No. Yeah. Well, we call it, we sometimes you, when you're a good wrestler, wear you like a sweater. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So if, you, if we toss it up here, I'm going to wear you like a sweater. Yeah. Which already you have a problem with. I, yeah, I mean, I don't know why. Anybody, I think a lot of people would have a problem with that. <laughs> I, I don't think it's the thing that people are like, yeah, dude, that sounds like no, I understand. <laughs> I just heard a wrestler say that. He said, you got to wear something like a sweater because when you put chest on chest, it doesn't matter. Josh, how are you? I'm doing right. <laughs> Brian, I do have a question. Tell hey, me the truth. Do you have a singlet at home? I have one on right now. <laughs> Just in case a wrestling match breaks out, you're like, wait a fucking second. Well, I'm always ready. Yeah, I'm always ready. I'm always ready. That's why I keep my ribs on me. Keep the ribs on me. I mean, I'm, I'm all, I don't need enough. Don't will you wear it to go take this boot off Steve's car? Yes, I will. There would be nothing great. You'd be in the newspaper tomorrow if they said a guy in seen it was taking a boot off the yeah. car. Yeah. No one's going to believe that's your car. I know. Nate, do you know what I tried? Did I tell you what I tried to have them do here? You know how that truck went through your face? Yeah. Truck right to so yeah, truck, truck <laughs> through his face, right? And I was like, I told Dorfman, I go, hey, tell the artist to draw like a terrible Nate. Like a, like a, like, you know, like a, like a downsy Nate. Like a, like a, you know, you know what I mean? You just, you just draw a terrible Nate yeah. and have a big unveiling and have like the, the news here and shit, yeah. but just to have it be a joke for you. So you unveiled it and you're like, there's Downsy <laughs> that's oh, what people look at like that, that, like that's, that's what y'all see. Yeah. <laughs> my daughter and her son, when we first came to Nashville, we were looking at places. We stayed at the condo. I had my family stay at the condo. Yeah, that's <laughs> a, this is a bad sign. But anyways, we stayed at the condo, and uh, and then I was showing my daughter. I was like, uh, oh, oh, those are all the paintings of all the comics that perform here. She's like, are you painted there? And I pointed and I go, yeah, that's me right there. It was Henry Cho, but she. Did. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was you too. That's crazy. I kind of did too. I swear to God, I did too. I did. I almost Burns did. already got his face on the wall. What the fuck? Yeah, that's so funny. I think that's Steve, but I never broke it to you. I didn't want to ask you because then I would have felt like it was a little racist. And then I thought it was Bobby Lee, but it's Margaret Cho. <laughs> We're not allowed to make the funnies? No, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. We're making funnies. Now, dude, is... Callan is thinking, potentially, of moving here. I've had many conversations with him. Is there there something you would like to impart and you would like to impart to Brian Callan in terms of being an ambassador for the city? Because Nate was an immense help when I I was looking. But, Josh, you want to start and maybe... Tell Brian what you think would be advantageous as a comic leaving Los Angeles to come international. Sure, you're not going to get canceled here. <laughs> yeah, that's that's, 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 that's that's the first thing. You're not going to get canceled. That's the first thing. I mean, you will go in Los Angeles if you're point oh one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not here. Not here. You don't get canceled for point oh one. You kill it here. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, man, I, I, I gotta tell you, I, I don't look at my phone until noon, 
Uh, I walk my dog for two hours every morning. I feel super relaxed here. I've, I started taking a lot of mushrooms since I've been here. Uh, and so, a two hour walk is a beautiful thing. Oh, uh, it's just so, a stroll, huh? Yeah, just a two hour stroll. Huh? Uh, mushrooms help. Yeah. But, uh, uh, but it, it, it's a good time. I, I just, man, and the people here are just regular, real people. Yeah. This is like, I, I should have moved here five years ago. Like, yeah. I, I really, like, I, I love it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. How are you, mate? I don't think you should live here, to be honest with that. <laughs> I think we have enough views here, so we... You got enough people yeah. in California. Uh, yeah, we don't need a bunch of California people coming here. Uh, it's, no, yeah, it's, uh, I'm from here. I love uh, this city more than any city. I think we're better than every city. I think we're better than Austin, Texas by a mile. Yep. Uh, I know that we like to compare it to that. I think we will, it's, it is, it's real people that move here. I feel like the, it seems like the fad is to move to Austin or people move to Portland and stuff like that, but the people that get it, everybody that comes here never leaves. And that's what's crazy. Like all the people that go to the, the colleges here or something, they always end up staying here and have houses here. No one leaves. It's very family oriented, or but you got everything. Anything that you want is here. Kudos, Kudos, uh, toy, toy shop of Dukes and Hazard is here, so he never left. Yeah. He went to Hollywood on the Dukes and Hazard show. His tow truck still parked up. <laughs> What's that? Comedy's hard. Yeah. <laughs> Sound machine. I want to take. Uh, I want. I like the idea of being a, le- a man of leisure and strolling for two hours. Strolling, yeah. dude. A lot of parks. Right. Yeah, I walk my like just take my dog out and we just stroll for two hours. Yeah, and your girl she doesn't go. I'm coming. She's pretty happy that I'm gone for two hours. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, you gonna take another two hour walk? I'm like, I guess. Like, I, yeah. Hey, don't take your key. I'm gonna lock the door. What? Yeah. And, uh, but I, I really do love it, man. I, and the food here is fucking fantastic. You're from Ireland? You're saying yeah, the food you're here sucks? Oh my god. I, I, did, did I not have enough just plain potatoes for you here? <laughs> you, you, you just don't want to suck a plain piece of lettuce? That is not enough for you here? <laughs> What's that? Good food here. I mean, I'm quite the foodie, though. <laughs> um, you just gotta know where to look. Um, what, what's the What's the worst thing you've had here? A fucking burger's terrible. Are you talking about right here, right now? Yeah, are you talking about a fucking burger's terrible? Just in general, a yep, burger's yeah. terrible. Are well, you going to the wrong McDonald's, my friend? <laughs> Take it to some real good. Yeah. Wait till that tree gets off that Burger King, dude. That is gotta be the spot. There's a cheeseburger in paradise. Buffett did a song about it. It was a pretty popular song about how good the burgers are in Nashville. Oh, that's true. Yeah, isn't that true? Jimmy Buffett, are you with Jimmy Buffett? He's got yeah. some money. Yeah, you two never sang about Shepherd's Pie or. <laughs> Maybe you're right. I don't know. Maybe 
know, come over to your side. I, I'm wishy-washy, bro. <laughs> I, whoever's you know, winning the argument. You know what we don't have here, which they do have in Dublin? I was over there for the comedy festival, and they have a leprechaun museum. Really? So I was like, well, I have to go to this. Because, first of all, museum implies facts. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. When you hear museum, you're like, well, there's facts. This is artifacts. This is a museum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know yeah. behind glass in the lobby? A fucking box of Lucky Charms. <laughs> and then, you know, who gave the tour? If you ever wondered what happened to that girl who was really into musical theater in high school, she's giving tours in her fucking Oh, she was like, oh, me. And they walk you into the house, right? And you walk into this one room with giant chairs and a giant bed and a giant desk so you can feel what it's like to be a leprechaun on big furniture. <laughs> Fuck you and your burgers, all right? You know what I'm saying? I mean, how many leprechauns can you see before you Before you got it. Like, I got it. And I made it on. This here's another leprechaun. I fucking got it, bro. <laughs> Well, listen, you need to go on that hour tour. You heard me, hour tour. Hour tour. They were like, you want to see some leprechaun clothes? I'm like, no, I don't want to see any leprechaun clothes. I mean, if this is a real leprechaun, then I'm in. And they probably have a short person there who is dressed like a leprechaun. They do not. Okay, I would. That's how I would. That's just how I make more money. I'm already thinking. I'm not even a businessman. I don't know shit about museums. Museums are the most boring. They hurt my back. But, you know what? I'm already better at the Leprechaun Museum concept than the fucking people that have a Leprechaun Museum. You'd have a lot of homeless people in there. Yeah. Yeah. You put them in there, because that's you can create housing, you know, for the homeless, not for fucking Leprechauns that don't exist. Gnomes are different than Leprechauns, by the way. And so are Banshees. What's a Banshee? I'm glad you asked. It's a... <laughs> He's been talking about an organic way. That's how I segue. I use my education. I drop a fucking word. They're like, huh? We don't read. And I'm like, well, Banshee's basically an Irish fairy. It's full of mischief. Full of mischief. So are you getting on me because I'm not reading books that have Banshees in them? Is that what you're doing? And what, what book do you read that has a Banshee? Well, depends. I mean, obviously, I've heard of J.K. Rowling, have you? No, I don't know. Uh, the Pogues have songs and they oh, yeah. in them. This podcast is all over the place. <laughs> Brian, is everything okay? Yeah, no, no, I'm fine. Are you seeing the cheese right now? Yeah, they're supposed to scratch at your window. <laughs> scratch at your window. But there are things you can do to keep the banshees at bay. It's probably some kind of an herb you can eat or something you can hang out your window. I heard if you give them a good cheeseburger, they'll they'll be quiet for 20 hours. But they can get real lippy if they don't get a fucking good cheeseburger. Lippy banshees? Yeah. Wait, does that mean that so they have leprechauns and banshees? What's that? So they believe in both? Gnomes. Like it was gnomes. And gnomes? Yeah, there are gnomes. It wasn't enough to be one. They're like, might as well do. Just keep it rolling. I know the difference between a banshee and a leprechaun. They're all, they're all full of mischief. But the Banshee is fuck you up. 
Can I show you the difference between? Yeah. Uh, banshees don't have a museum. Uh, yeah, that's true. Also. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because they, you can't you can't uh, capture them. <laughs> Scratch at your window. Scratch at your window. May I have another Jameson ginger, please? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's what it is. Did you guys know we had a fifth guest? What, what's your name, sir? Liam. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Daniel. I like the way you say that. Me too. Daniel. Fucking Daniel. It's fucking great. Daniel, yeah, what, what do you do for a living, Daniel? Ah, fucking base carpenter international. You use your hands the way Jesus did. Jimmy. God bless you. I'm here. I'm on your side. Hey, there's a bit of a little. It's difficult. Hey. You should build a burger place here. <laughs> Have you ever thought about what you'd do if, you, if anybody could solve the problem? It's the guy who can build a building. <laughs> what, what do you think you'd do if you couldn't do comedy? If you couldn't do entertainment, what do you think? And you had to do, go into something. How do I have to think about the last 20 minutes of this podcast? Yeah. <laughs> you ever thought about that? What would you have done if you weren't in show business? Not uh, uh, manual labor or something. Just yeah. That's all I ever did, like construction or. So you know how to build shit? No. But uh, I was like, I just carry stuff from one thing to another thing. Yeah? Yeah. Bergazzi, bring me the fucking wood. Yeah. All right, I'll get the wood. you the guy. <laughs> you never put up a fight. Yeah. Like, you gotta hire the guy. He's, he's, he's not much going on, but he, he, the words I can't are not in this dictionary. Yeah. yeah. Bergazzi, get me nails. Climb that tree. Watch. He just does it. Yeah. I read water. The last job I had, well, besides like comedy jobs, uh, like waiting tables and that kind of stuff. I read water meters in Mount Juliet, so really? I'd probably do that. Just you read everybody's water meter, and I've had a pretty good business. Are you bored as fuck? Huh? Are you bored? I don't You know, it's when it, it kind of got me, when I started thinking about doing comedy, I would listen to Bob and Tom all the time, and so they would always have comedians on, and uh, so I would do that. But now you just read, yeah, you just go through, uh, and just read everybody's water meter, I don't know. Yeah. It wasn't like, I was 20... One well, it's a bit perilous because sometimes yeah. a dog's loose. Yeah. yeah. And after all, you have to be ready. I had a water meter guy come to my house, and my dogs ran out, and they were friendly. He didn't know pit bulls. And yeah. Now, yeah. they ran out. This dude was so unbelievable. He fucking pulled out an umbrella and just fucking waited and opened that shit. <laughs> the dogs were like, we'll come out and say hi, but they had huge heads. They're dang, dang. And he just goes, shit, out like that. And my dog's like,
the one where you push and you hit the button and it just <laughs> Now, the trick is you can't do it too soon because then the dog goes, that's a fucking umbrella. You gotta wait till you see the whites in his fucking eyes. Set it! <laughs> right? You need to throw fucking confetti at him for no reason. you have a lot of dogs coming in? Yeah. You put yourself in that situation a lot? It's not that. It's just that they sense, I'm not trying to be a dick, but they sense my alpha status and they uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So is it you're walking up on your knuckles yeah they have that trips them off when you get out of your car through your window and they're like oh god this guy <laughs> it's the way I approach them. it's the way I approach well, what was what was the last job you had Josh before you uh I worked at my first job I ever got I ever had was 13 I washed dishes I worked in the restaurant business my entire well, you life. had five kids by the time you were eighteen. By the time I, I met was, you, yeah, I had three kids. I was single, raising three kids by the time I was twenty-eight. That's right. That's when I knew you. Yeah, it was yeah. unfucking believable. We used to talk about it. Yeah, he'd walk out of the room and be like, "He's raising three kids on his own." You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, and we'd be like, "What a fucking noble guy." We, you're the nicest. You're. I've always said. Actually, I think you and Steve are are the most decent. I'm glad I'm able to say this. I think Josh Wolf and Steve Byrne. Not you, Nate. Are, I don't know. I don't know me enough. But Josh Wolf and now. Steve Byrne are the are the truly most decent motherfuckers I've ever met. Gutsy and and and, and the purest and, and the best people I know. I'm not kidding. And I, I remember you had this same like quality because we knew what you were dealing with. And you weren't making money. You were a no. fucking comic, bro. Yeah. We'd see each other on you know, on, on auditions. It is always smiling, always there with the kids. I would have brought them around with me and been like, you know, I just would have been like, well, you know, these are my kids, ladies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I, you didn't I, use that for that. I did have my oldest son call me uncle once, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, Joey, and I've told this story before, but Joey Diaz used to babysit my kid. Wow. Uh, because um, okay. I've known Joey for a long time, and I used to, I would tell you this about Joey. Okay, Joey may if you left twenty dollars on your table, yeah. he's gonna take it. <laughs> but he'll take you out to lunch with it. Be like, hey, you get the next one. You're like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? So he basically took you out to lunch with your money. But I will tell you something else. I, I would t- I would have him take the twenty because I knew for sure. He was an unconventional babysitter to say the, there was one time I came home and he never wore underwear and um, he was bending over picking up toys and my daughter ripped some hair out of his ass crack. <laughs> and she goes, how many? And he goes, oh, it felt like five that time. I go, that time? And he said, oh, she loves that game. I go, yeah, but I fucking hate it, dude. Can't you play Parcheesi or something? Like, what are you doing ripping hair, right? <laughs> now my daughter has hepatitis. <laughs> What was more important to me is that he would have jumped in front of a fucking bus. Oh, he's the best. So for me, like the ass hair thing, I couldn't afford a babysitter, so I lived with what I had. Joe Joe Diaz Diaz is is inherently, incredibly decent, such a good guy. But I remember the first time I met him. Shitty babysitter. Yeah. (laughs) Like a babysitter. Not the first skill set. Oh, my pants. But Joey, one time, I was with, first time I met him, I was with Rogan, and, and I was, we were young, and he started telling a story about. And we had this guy, we kidnapped this dude. Yeah. And I'm like, and I'm like, and I, and of course, I think he's being a silly goose. So I'm like, I kidnapped a guy too. Yeah. 
And then Joe goes, he's telling the truth, bro. It's a true story. Yeah. And that was my introduction. I was like, oh, this guy's talking about kidnapping a fucking guy. He <laughs> had no offense. How about this? He had that dude on his podcast a couple of years ago. Unbelievable. He had, he, I don't, I forget which one he said. Sorry. So, so I think if I'm remembering the story correctly, he basically told me, I think it was a, a guy who was dealing drugs. And Joey was like, it's not really like kidnapping because he's a criminal. I'm like, <laughs> So I'm not really committing a crime. I'm like, yeah, hey, it's still kidnapping, dude. He threw him in a fucking trunk with a gun. You know what I mean? So, that sounds like kidnapping. But he had the guy on, and he uh, he apologized. Like it was fascinating. Yeah, like, a couple hours. And you couldn't find anybody else to babysit. <laughs> not for free. Not for free. Uh, and Joey Diaz worked for Turkey Burgers, man. So he was like, you make me a turkey burger, I'll babysit for a little while. That was it. Callan, what was the last job you had before you... Because you were more acting than stand-up. Yeah. Correct? And what was the last... In touch with my emotions. Um, <laughs> last job I had was... Um, I worked at, as a temp at Goldman Sachs running uh, faxes back before... Back when there were faxes and making coffee. And then I was writing bad plays every time I got a chance. I worked at McDonald's and I worked construction. And those were the last three jobs I had. But construction was a motherfucker. Yeah. Digging the foundation, um, you know, in the sun, my shirt off. <laughs> you know, this sounds like so sad. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a normal, it's kind of a normal job. And yeah. you're like, are you all right? My hair was in my ass. Yeah. And the next to be this guy, pour water on my chest, keep it cool. You know what I mean? Because you heat up in this area if you got a heart like mine. Yeah. And did it steam a little bit when you poured water on that? I don't know why, bro. It always does. Yeah. I don't know why. I think it's because I, it's, I, think it's cause I feel so deeply. Yeah. And, I, yeah. and I give all the time. You know what I mean? You're I fucking give. So my heart's always like, goosh, goosh. I can feel it. Give What was the last job you had uh, I, I worked at a, at a Greek restaurant in New York City called the Aegean. And uh, <laughs> that, that's where I worked. Okay. And then uh, I started in colleges, and I was like, oh, I think I can pay my rent now doing a stand-up. So that was it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you uh, guys remember some pretty first... good stories? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you guys remember this first I, I know. These I was fucking. I had water on me. Do you? Yeah. Do but you, before, do you remember you the first joke you were told? The first joke. Do you remember the first your oh, first joke? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what was yours? Well, I told a story about. Um, I was like, can you imagine being reborn a penguin? I was like, what, what did you have to be in your last life to be reborn a legless, flightless bird in the middle of the South Pole? That's so cheesy, dude. And I was like, it's like this. Oh, let's see the penguin. Let's see the penguin. Let's see the penguin. Let's see the penguin. Guess what? Yeah. I was physical. Yeah. I'm cold all the time, you know. And, uh, what came first, the penguin impression or the idea of this joke? Uh, <laughs> if you think, I got this great penguin impression, yeah. how do I get yeah. it out? You, yeah, you know, yeah. you know how good I am, man, I'm yeah. impression. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a cat, yeah. you know, so uh, I can do a narwhal. And uh, you should see my narwhal, but I need water. Fuck, there's no water. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things you're terrified, and then you, you're like, I don't think this is going to work, but it's so stupid, maybe it will. Yeah, yeah. And then it did, sort of, a little bit, not really. How about you, Josh? What was the first joke you did? I was 15 years old, and uh, my parents had to drive me, 
And um, I, uh, this is how little I knew about what I should be looking like. I was wearing, <laughs> I wore a mesh shirt. Uh, but like a, not like a, not like a fishnet mesh, like a football mesh, but just plain white. I had a thick, like Western mask chain, not like a, not like a rope chain, but like yeah. one you'd find on King Tut, you know, like, yeah. like, <laughs> and a mullet. And so, and my first joke, my parents were in the front row. And this first joke I ever told was, uh, guys, my name's Josh. I'm 15 years old. I'm really excited. My parents are here tonight. It's kind of weird. This is the first fucking time I'll be able to fucking swear in front of my cocksucking mom. And that was the first joke I ever told. Wow. That was the first joke I ever And my mom was like, Silent car ride home. Yeah. <laughs> you were 15? 15. 15. I wore well, a wig. What about you, Dave? What was your first trip? I don't know if I. Uh, it's when I moved to Chicago. I, I don't remember. It was something about not knowing directions. Because it was like, when you move to Chicago, they, they all would tell you north, south, east. Like, it was always that. They'd be like, I'm like, where's, you know, where do I go to this? To Riggafield, do you want to go north? And I'm like, how do you know? What north is? Yeah. And they would always say, "Well, the lake is east." I'm like, "Well, I can't see the lake." <laughs> so what is that? That means nothing to me. I don't have an aerial view right now. Yeah. So yeah. You're supposed to feel it. Just to, like, it feels like it's that way. <laughs> and that was That's so true. That's a good joke. You guys were funny right away. <laughs> Did you, do you remember yours? Yeah, I had this bit about a banshee and just. <laughs> It never did well, and I worked my lesson early on. Don't ever talk about the banshee on stage. Fuck it, mom. And I saw him talking about. It. I was like, oh, here we go. Here we go. I'm gonna fucking eat plenty of this. I'm such a fan of your earlier stuff. I have a turntable, and uh... well, can I tell you I, the 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 bit I remember you used to do? I don't know if you remember how to do it, but my bit. The bit I, I saw at the comic strip because that's where we'd always see each other. You did the Christopher Walken as a pigeon. Yeah, that's it. And feeding it bread. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is Chris walking as a pigeon. This is hacky, but this is okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I fucking hate. Yeah. I hate people 
You gotta get it in, bro. At the end of the day, keep swinging. I fucking, as I get older, I'm done with all the sayings. I'm done with all of it. It's the experience. Fuck off. Like, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta love yourself first. No, I don't. No, I don't. No, I disagree with that. In fact, I believe you should have a little bit of self-loathing because it keeps you going. If I love myself, I'd be fucking... I wouldn't do anything. But I like looking in the mirror and being like, nope! You know? <laughs> yeah, I do. Every fucking day. And to this day, I still look in the mirror and I go, I'm gonna fucking... I gotta get a little tighter and maybe someday I'll have like bigger arms or I'll have shoulders you can see in a sweater. It's never gonna happen. But in my mind, I'm gonna fuck. If they get that crisper, that gene editing, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna have the thickest, blackest hair. What do we have? Crisper? What is that? Oh, it's they can they edit your genes. I'm fucking going right to the Samoan and the I want I'm gonna mix like, I don't know, man. I got so many different nationalities I want. I want to mix it all together. I just want to be brown and fucking rocked with thick fucking black hair. When I go to the doctor, I go to the barber, I go, bro, you got to thin it the fuck out. It's too thick. My fingers are getting stuck every time I run around. And that's, that's, you know, I don't believe in liking yourself. I think it's bullshit. You should, you should always be dissatisfied. Dissatisfied because that's what keeps you going. You see my fucking hands? Bro? Yeah, I'm watching. Yeah, I'm watching. Yeah. I, 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 there are a lot of things you hear that I just don't buy. I don't buy it. So, yeah. Well, um, you will join me in the mirror after the show. Of course. We're going to do a pose now. <laughs> it's okay. it's a, I don't know how I feel. I haven't thought about it. There are a couple of things I'm thinking about. One is that, where I think liking yourself is overrated. The other is I don't think anybody under 30, maybe nobody under 30 should be allowed to vote. Those are two you know really what? different things. I know. <laughs> I know, but there are two themes I'm like trying to explore. Like, yeah. Why under 30? I think because I think when you're under 30, you're too, you're, you're too apt to not only change your mind, but be swayed by false idols, by shiny shit, by people who can turn a phrase but don't know what the fuck they're talking about, who can sell you things in three easy steps or ten easy steps, all that bullshit. And sometimes you find a new philosophy and it makes sense and you go, you know what? I found the fucking truth. I got it. You guys are wrong. Kill them. Let's rock and roll. When you hit like a little over 30, you get a little wiser and you go, you know what? Maybe sometimes, I don't know, it depends. That's how life is. Might work for you, doesn't work for me. And then thank God for the difference. You start embracing the difference. You don't think that if we were all the same, life would be a utopia. I guess that's what it is. When you're under 30, you believe you can create a utopia and perfect a human being. When you're over 30, you realize that's fucking impossible, and thank God. <laughs> USA! 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 No, let's, mark, let's knock over some statues. Fuck you, black guy. Let's go! No, you missed the point, Steve! Wait, what happened? You're twisting my logic. Oh, sorry, black guy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I felt like that Bill Burr joke where you want to just get out of the frame. Yeah. And it's so, and so, and it's going, you're like, yeah. Are you conscious? Are any of you guys conscious of how you have to be careful of what you say nowadays? Yeah. yeah. You know I, mean, I, think every, I think everybody. It's not even just entertainers, though. Yeah. Yeah. You have a job. Yeah. Uh, you have to be. Oh, well, I yeah. mean, the carpenter's not, but everybody else is. <laughs> no, when you're in the workforce, you can't say anything. You can't say anything. 
Well, what about as a comic? You still feel you feel pressure? Yeah, I don't say that much crazy stuff, but uh, but I, but yeah, you do. You can't say. That's yeah. why you keep everything kind of private. Hey, it's not my job. I look at it as it's not my business to tell you. I didn't go to college. I barely made it to high school. You should never listen to anything I ever say. <laughs> You're smarter than me. It's not my job to tell you what to do. So I try not to do it. I try. But I, I, I think a lot of somebody should do what you like. People that you can't be influenced. I think these people are out of their mind. Tim, to. When you tell people to vote, like don't vote or don't vote, do whatever you want to go do. Woo. I, don't, I don't think I don't think that the fact that you haven't been to college disqualifies you at all. In fact, I, I'm beginning to think that the more educated someone is, and the less they work with their hands, and the more amount of time they spend in a fucking classroom behind expensive walls of a university, and not in the real world, the more dangerous they are, and the more wrong they are. In fact, I think, I think when you're somebody like you who's had to make a business work. Find their way to the top without anybody's help. You know a lot more about life than you know somebody writing papers that nobody else cites. So, yeah. so I say, Nick Bargatze, President. Nick Bargatze, yeah. President Bargatze. Shit, I'm fucking out. I'm already out. Okay, can I ask you guys one last question, Brian? Over the course of COVID, us as entertainers, I think you take those first steps to going back out into the general public and perform. And we've been recluse from the stage and then going back out. What did stand-up mean to you once you hit the stage for the first time after having not had it as a part of your life the last few months? The first time on stage... Did it reinvigorate? Did it make you appreciate the job again? Did it, whatever it was, what was it for you, Josh? The it, first time it, on stage. It was exactly. Where was it and, where, and what happened to you? I, I, for me, and I, I, I think it was, I took a gig in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And um, it was exactly that. I stepped on the stage and I was like, oh, that's right. This is why I love this. This is, Because I honestly, yep. at the beginning, it was kind of like you. Like, I don't miss that. Like, I'm having fun with my wife. And then I stepped on stage and I was like, oh, yeah, this is why yep. I do this. And we, listen, man, th- there's a feeling you get from being on this stage. You can't get anywhere else. And the reason I like this more than acting, and for me, is it's immediate. You know whether you're sucked or you're good right away. And I fucking love that. I don't want to wait too much to be like, do they like this? I want to tell you a joke. Have you stare at me like you're staring at me right now? I'd be like, I'm not going to tell that fucking joke. You know what I mean? But I, I love that about it. I, I like the immediate and I like the honesty. I, I, I love it all. How about you, Kel? I mean, I just think I'll get philosophical again, but I think. <laughs> How about you, Nate? <laughs> you want to say? You want to say? No, I'm sorry, but no, please. What I do is I feel I feel as I think we get more and more afraid to speak our mind because there are people that can take away your right to earn a living. I think it's incredibly fortunate I get to get up here and speak my mind. But I think that the reason the United States is such an, a hotbed of innovation is like China might be incredibly proficient and, and efficient and, and stuff, but the United States is still a place where innovation comes from. And the reason for that, and that will always be the case, as long as you can give the powers that be the finger, as long as you can always speak your mind, as long as you can creatively destruct, you can push back against the status quo without worrying about being censored, without worrying about being canceled, without worrying about having your pocketbook affected. And what I really worry about now as a comic is that big tech and their algorithms 
will stop you. So now on podcasts, for the first fucking time, the Wild West of podcasts, we are doing this. We're going, I don't think we can say that. We got to edit that out because the YouTube, the algorithm will catch us. Facebook will catch us. Well, as long as you have that, that's bad for everybody. And you have to have a society. We, we are a society where we've always been able to go, fuck you. You're the president. Don't like you. You're the CEO. Don't like you. Whatever it might be. And I think we're losing that. But stand-up, it seems to be the last fucking bastion. It's like the hot games. It's the hot games. So much because yeah. Bill Burr has happened. Bill Burr for better or for worse stands up and goes, "Fuck you!" I, I, hey, hey, guess what? Remember when you could say what you didn't mean and not lose your job? That's called fucking joking. And Burr still has that ability. He's like, "Go fuck yourself." Try canceling me. I'll just keep speaking my mind because he knows that the dragon ain't that strong and ain't that big and it's definitely un-American. So fuck off. That's what. I'm what was the question again? Nate, how about you? Was the first time you hit the stage and. Yeah, I mean, why did you not end with him, man? Why would you ever come, like, what am I supposed to say? I thought it was a pretty good time. There was like eight people in here because no one was allowed in here. So it was like, it is, you know, I did it and then that was it. But like that, just do that. You know that's coming out. It's been going on for y'all's podcast. Why would you be in with the guest on the podcast? Because you're, because you're hilarious. Barnett's the only guy who can say nothing and be fucking hilarious. <laughs> I do think what you said though with comics, you got to look because that's what comedians are supposed to be against the system. So it's not good when you see the comics go with the system. No, I agree. That doesn't ever make sense to I me. Because like George Carlin wasn't for the system. No. You should be against it. So every comedian should be anti whatever the main system is. Yeah, and right. this is this should be the place where it's okay to talk to say whatever the fuck you want. This is this is the place to do that. You know what? Every place should be the place. To do this. Eric Weinstein, who is a, an intellectual theoretical mathematician, he said something amazing. You know, I, I, got, I got some great theoretical math jokes. And uh, but Weinstein says something. By the way, what a, what a shock that his last name is Weinstein and his theoretical mathematician. Yeah, right. But I'm a Jew. Well, he's got a brain bigger than everybody's, but he, he said, um, America, the magic of America is that you have the right to burn the flag you have no interest in burning. Yeah, that was fucking. That's exactly right, man. But you still have to have that right, and uh, you know. So as long as we can say fuck you to the powers that be, and I'm afraid we're losing that. So the the fight is here, and it's now. And and uh, I don't have that much to say. What is this podcast about? It's about America. <laughs> <laughs> which one? This is the last question I have, and it's for Nate, because he's our guest. He's the only comic I know that filmed a special that is airing on Netflix right now. You filmed it. 
during the pandemic, you filmed it at Universal Studios, which is not even open. No. It's not even open, and you got to film a special, and just as as comics, we've all done our own specials. What was that fucking like? It's gotta be crazy. Uh, which weird, I mean, I did it, so it doesn't matter. Weirdly, I don't, I mean, I think back on it, we shouldn't have, like, we shouldn't have been allowed to do it, because I don't think anybody can open. It's either everyone can open or no one can open. But I still took advantage of it and did it, so. Uh, it's easy to say that now that we've already shot it. But, uh, no, it was crazy. They had every, the audience had to get COVID tested. There's only 100 people. They sat at tables. They had to wear masks the whole time. It was, uh, the timing was very weird yeah, to get used to, because you don't, I couldn't hear them or see their faces. So you'd only see eyes, and you're just like, dude, these people hate this. Like, they are furious that this is happening. And uh, so it was just tough to figure that kind of time out. We, you take, doing this special, you take two shows, and uh, first show, so I have an hour worth of material, and I did 43 minutes. Because, like, with the energy of just no laughter gets sucked out. You just fly through it. And right when I got off, I just knew it. And so usually you take two shows, and every special I've ever done, they always, after the first show, they're like, we got it. Second show, just have fun. And right when I got on stage to the first one, they were like, yeah, I mean, we do not have it. <laughs> 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 the second show is the most important show you've ever done in your life. <laughs> and then we did it. That's nerve-wracking. I mean, yeah, you got a helicopter is flying. Helicopters flew up. There was a police chase going on. We found out afterwards, because they were just so many. And it was like, how is this, how are they not leaving this area? And they were not, and they just kept going. And sometimes, you know, you can tell where you're like, you're trying not to address it. You're like, maybe I can really hear it, maybe not. You know, I don't need to try to mess the show up. But then it just got to a point where you're like, nah, dude, everybody can hear it. And then so you just had to like address, like these helicopters are happening. Right. And so we, and we left that in. Because uh, it ended up being kind of funny, and like it was, you know, it kind of worked out. And it, I mean, at the end of it, I think, I, and I just feel like I hear helicopters now. Like, you know, that was happening on stage. You know, like, you know what, though, man? I think people like the helicopter thing. I'm so glad you left it in because people like that, man. To me, the perfection is in the fucking imperfection. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, that way, they know it's live. It's happening. It's live. You're doing it right now. There's a fucking helicopter. Yeah. Leave that shit. Yeah. You should have just pointed and been like, "I'll be honest with you. I needed the time. How quick I was flying these jokes. I was like, can someone honk a horn? Can we get something going on? I need some help up here. All right. Oh, by the way, Steve, not for nothing. I shot a special over quarantine too. But whatever. Oh no. Oh, no. Yeah. no, no, no. It's fair. It's fair. It's fair. I, I, the reason I is because every day I drive on 65, I head north into the city, and I see Nate's billboard, the greatest average American, uh, and I'm just I what a great, just, title, it's it's a great title! A great title! It's a fucking great title. special. Yeah. And it's on Netflix right now. Yeah, super fun. And then you did. I did one, man. I did something completely different. I found. I think I told you. This was a great concept. By I the way. found the very first CD I ever recorded. And uh, it was terrible. But I was like, man, I wonder if I... It was, called, it was called Mesh Nights. Yeah, it was called Mesh Nights. <laughs> but I was like, I wonder if I rewrite this, how much different the, the stand-up will be. Yeah. So I rewrote the entire thing, and I streamed it live. I did one take. But not only that, I did, like, I would... So you could tell the difference between how I wrote jokes then and now. I would tell the old joke, and then I would, re I would tell the new joke. I would tell oh, them wow. back to back. And I broke the fourth wall a bunch. I told them, there were a bunch of jokes on there that for sure were canceled. 
Yeah. A hundred, but I kept them in there just to just to do it. And we streamed it live, one take. But that thing with the masks, Nate, was my biggest thing. Because you could just see their eyes going. <laughs> and it was really fucking bizarre because I couldn't hear them yeah. and I couldn't even see them enjoying it. You looked like you were it looked like you were taking like, a special for a bunch of women at Burkas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know what would be for a bunch of women in burkas in in burkas? You guys want to Google burkas? It just fuck it. All right. It's it's right after Banshee. Go ahead. Yeah. You know what? It's funny to watch something that would be like I just rewatched Entourage, the best. It is unreal. That show would be. They would be shocked. Yeah. Yeah. And that was 2006. That wasn't even. You know. You think it's not like you watch Eddie Murphy's Raw. You're like, well, that was 1985. Entourage, you're like, this is 2006, dude. And, like, they, they, uh, the jokes in it, like, you're like, dude, this is nuts. That they, dude, the, great, the stuff we did, the, the things that Chelsea Handler said on her show when I was on that show, you could, there's no, it's, she's lucky that it got erased from the internet. And it did. <laughs> e, scra- e erased it from the internet. If you went back and looked at it, they erased it. They erased it as soon as we ended it. They erased the it. The comedy? They erased her show from the internet. You can't find a clip for that fucking show. Really? Yeah, the comedy was already erased. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they we did we did we did jokes on Sullivan and Sullivan. Oh, Ryan Dillon yeah, Murray would say the most crazy shit and Roy Wood Jr. was on the show and we did a hockey episode where we all played hockey and Roy said I was the Jackie Robinson in Pittsburgh of hockey and uh and Brian Dillon said Roy, you guys can't play hockey. If the ice melts, we all know you can't swim. And then there was another episode was where Roy said, Roy said something else in Brian Dole. said, Roy, if I had it my way, you'd be still working at the soup plantation. I like that Josh says his is all scraped from the internet, and you're reiterating I'm what it was from the show a long time. You're like, no, let me tell you the bad parts of it. Uh, let me do it now. So you don't have to go back and search through the show. I'll let you. I'll just get you right to the point. On the, yeah, because because when people go, oh, you can't say that thing. Then I'll just rewind to the part that Brian did the mantra and you guys didn't have my fucking back. Fuck you guys. Um, no way did the USA champ. Okay, Steve's Asian. You should say that. Sometimes. Yeah, I can say. I can say. Yeah, just let people know. Yeah. Well, we really do. People guys, not we, know uh, Steve's Asian. We, we, you know, the, the point Brian and I always discuss is we always say, let's end on a low note. Yeah. Nailed it. And we fucking accomplished nailed that tonight. Yeah. Low expectations. Started, ended, nailed it. Nailed I don't know. I just said that. All right. Calvin, anything, anything else? I was just thinking about how... Uh, oh, God. The... No, I, I do agree. I was watching Entourage and I thought to myself, what a pain in the ass to be a woman working in a fucking agency... Yeah. In LA, before you know, you had any recourse. So I like fair play. There's a lot about the woke movement that kind of you go, oh fuck, that there's a point when you see how things used to be, yeah. Yeah. and you're like, and you see how like black people were portrayed in most movies because they were written by mostly white straight men. I get it. You, you guys, you know, I, I I'm, I'm all for diversity of opinion and art and expression, and that that's that's not a threat to anybody. That makes yeah. the world a fucking better place. Allowing, I'm all about. Um, Opportunity, equality of opportunity, just not, not Jerry, like not forcing equality of outcome. You can't go into a fucking cockpit and be like, too white! You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you gotta get in here! How do you do that? It doesn't matter. You know, you gotta check a box, 
man, you go to an operating room, somebody's about to cut you open and be like, it's Jew- what? Jewish white? You got a lot of white Jewish surgeons. Get the fuck out of here. This guy identifies as non-binary. He's got shaky hands, but, but it's invisible. It's crippling anxiety. We, we have to have somebody with an invisible disability, but he's going to cut. He's okay. You know what I mean? Get the fuck out of here. Like, I'm for all for diversity until it comes to shit like... The person responsible for the structural integrity of this goddamn roof. That guy over there, right? Yeah, yeah. I want to be a carpenter. I don't care if he hates the burgers in Nashville. That guy knows how to draw straight lines. That's my fucking guy. Not the dude over there that checks a box. So I, I'm, I'm all about skill and a hierarchy of meritocracy. But then I also understand making sure you got fucking equality of opportunity. Nate, take it from there. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Brian Callen.